You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to Circling Shell Sports on Converge Media. I am your host, as always, Charles Hamaker. I am not joined today by Bell Garcia. Bell has some uh, prior occupations during today's recording, so she won't be with us for today's episode. With that being said, things continue to happen in our Seattle sports world. The Seawolves play in the ML, played in the MLR title match. Uh, we'll get into that. The Sounders had uh, a nice match, revenge match against Sporting Kansas City. The uh, Mariners had a nice road trip. So there's still a ton going on. So with that being said, we'll just get right into it. Uh, in terms of Seahawks-related news, not too much going on for the actual Seahawks themselves. Some league-related news uh, in addition to this little tidbit that we have for the Seahawks. But it's mostly league-related news when we get over to our NFL side of things. Uh, on the 23rd of the month of June, uh, the Seahawks announced their official training camp report dates for rookies and veterans. Uh, rookies and veterans both will have to report to training camp on the 26th of July. And we have a uh, schedule for training camp for fans to attend and such. So the 27th and 28th are attendable days. The 27th is a tr- uh, season ticket holder only day. Uh, the 30th, August 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 5th, 6th, 7th, 9th, 10th, 16th, and 21st are the rest of the days for training camp that fans can attend. Uh, the 6th is a off-site training camp day at Lumen Field, so that's going to be interesting to see that. Uh, but this is more stuff that, you know, we're going to head back into the NFL season. Obviously, there's a lot of news around the Seahawks in relation to quarterback play and, you know, how will this team go forward without Russell Wilson, uh, without Bobby Wagner. So there's a lot of headlines to be made. There's a lot of spots to be made to be uh, taken for the respective players on this roster. There are a lot of roster spots to fill, a lot of spots on the depth chart to be made out. So this is where a lot of that starts to form here in training camp. Guys who are undrafted free agents could take spots from draft picks. This is where that all starts and starts to begin and potential news about DK Metcalf uh, and a new contract. So uh, that'll be something to keep an eye on, but that's still to come uh, next month around this exact time that we're at right now. So with that being said, we'll move on here from any Seahawks-related news and head into NFL League news. On the 20th of June, Dan Snyder doubled down on his decision to refuse to participate in any hearings. Uh, The commander's owner refuses to remotely participate in Wednesdays that day. Uh, This past week, congressional hearing after first declining to appear in person, so didn't want to show up in person, didn't want to show up online. We'll get to more Snyder news here in a second. On the 21st, Tight end Rob Gronkowski announced his retirement. Gronkowski retires for the second time in his NFL career, uh, deciding not to join Tampa Bay uh, and Tom Brady this upcoming season. His agent, Drew Rosenhaus, uh, hinted to that not necessarily being the full end of things for Gronkowski, saying that it would not surprise him if Gronkowski uh, later joined Brady and Tampa Bay at some point this upcoming season. I wouldn't doubt it either. I mean, I figured when Brady retired this offseason, then he'd be back anyway, and I was right about that. So uh, on the 21st, Deshaun Watson settled 20 of his 24 lawsuits. Uh, The Browns quarterback has reached a settlement in 20 of the 24 sexual misconduct lawsuits that he's facing. Uh, The attorney that was representing all 24 of these women said some more news on Watson there. Uh, On the 22nd, we get back to that Snyder-related news. Uh, Snyder's going to be subpoenaed. Uh, a representative by the name of Caroline Maloney said that in Wednesday's hearing, 
and she plans to issue the commander's owner a subpoena in order to compel him to testify. So things getting interesting in Washington as they have been for what feels like decades for that organization. But, you know, in the last few years with Snyder, it just seems like there's been more and more against him to for the franchise to want to get him out uh, on the 25th watson is a hearing scheduled uh the browns quarterback deshaun watson will have a hearing next week with the nfl disciplinary officer sue l robinson uh he may be out indefinitely the nfl is going to push for an indefinite suspension for watson lasting no less than one year so he could be out for a year at minimum that's still to be determined fully. And then also on the 25th, it was announced that the NFL will not hold a supplemental draft uh, for the third straight year. On the 26th, as we're looking here to wrap things up, uh, we have some more news on the idea of a Debo Samuel trade, when that might happen, if it might happen. Uh, the 49ers star receiver has not officially rescinded his trade request, despite being involved in team activities and such. Uh, the team is still hoping that they can mend the relationship but I feel like if he requested this requested it, requested this trade earlier in the offseason and he's gone through team activities just to you know go through that and not deal with fines and he hasn't rescinded that, I it's really gonna be interesting to see how that plays out, not only with Devo, but also what the 49ers are gonna do with uh Jimmy Garoppolo, because I know that there's talks about uh, a mutual interest in him being traded. And then the uh, report coming out that Garoppolo wants to go and help a team win somewhere. It's like the 49ers have a ton of talent. Granted, they're in a really tough division, but I, that holds it. The Garoppolo situation is a little bit funny to me. Uh, and then wrapping up league news on the 27th, a lawsuit was filed against the Texans. Uh, plaintiff's lawyer in the Watson case announces the first suit being filed against the team for allegedly enabling the quarterback's behavior. So uh, we will now look ahead. Uh, we have some actual semblance of a date to look ahead to training camp. It's not just, oh, we'll have training camp in late July. Uh, we'll go back here on the 26th July. Uh, the training camp period starts for Seattle. We'll start to hear maybe an idea of when we'll hear a starter, Drew Locke or Geno Smith. Uh, hopefully get DK Metcalf extended because that's more so when the Seahawks actually do their extensions. Um, so uh, there's a lot that goes into training camp. So that'll be really exciting to see. With that being said, we switch over now to our Mariners-related news. A 5-1 and one road trip is never bad. Uh, there was something really interesting that happened in the game yesterday, uh, the Sunday matchup against the Angels. So we'll take a look at that. Uh, and then a trade happened earlier this morning. Uh, so let's get right into the Mariners news. Uh, we will look at our scores here from the Oakland series, the start of the California road trip on the 21st at the Oakland Athletics, an 8-2 victory. Player of the game center fielder Julio Rodriguez. Julio going three hits, two runs, two RBIs, blasting a two-run homer in that game as the Mariners put on a pretty nice display of offense, uh, something that I'm not used to saying really this season, at least not consistently. Um on the 22nd at the Athletics to secure the series victory, they win nine to nothing. So a nice shutout victory there. I believe George Kirby had a nice effort in that matchup as well. Uh, player of the game left fielder Jesse Winker. Don't forget Winker's name because we'll come back to it later in the segment. Uh, Winker, uh, two hits on the day, one run, three RBIs, and a walk. I believe that Winker also homered in that first game as well. And then this game on the 23rd. So you complete the sweep. Obviously, you see that with the broom. A uh, little graphic that we have on the Athletics logo there, a little silly kind of thing. Uh, but a 2-1 to one victory 
uh, player of the game, pitcher Robbie Ray, going six innings, allowing only four hits, one run, uh, an earned run, that is, two walks and six strikeouts. Uh, so another great performance by Robbie. Anytime that you just give up the one run, that's there's not much more you can ask outside of a shutout. That's perfectly brilliant. This athletics game on the 23rd was one of the most bizarre things that I've ever seen. Uh, Seattle was getting no hit through, I believe, seven innings by Frankie Montes. Uh, they record their first few hits. Uh, they didn't, I don't think they got any hits in the ninth inning, the bottom, the top of the ninth. Uh, and the, I think it was AJ Puck came in to relieve for the athletics, walked four batters, uh, and then two Mariners scored on two different wild pitches. You get your two runs that you saw there. The Mariners come in to close it out. I believe it was D. Uh, no, I think it was Paul Seawald. Actually, Paul Seawald comes in and finishes the game off, and they sweep the Athletics. That was one of the most bizarre baseball games that I have witnessed, where you're getting no hit through seven, and a great performance. Going into the bottom of the ninth, you're still losing by a run. You tie it up with a wild pitch with the bases loaded, and then you do it again. I don't know what to tell you. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, we'll now move over to the Angels series. So continuing that California road trip, heading up the, well, I guess down the road to Anaheim, uh, to the Angels. Uh, on the 24th at the Angels, a 4-3 to three win. Player of the game, third baseman, A. Eugenio Suarez, going three hits, one run, one RBI, and a walk. So filling up different aspects of the hitting stat sheet. On the 21st, uh, 25th, pardon me, a 5-3 to three win, player of the game, first baseman, Kevin Padlow. Yes, Kevin Padlow. Uh, and we'll get to why Padlow is in there at first base when we get to injury-related news. So as many of you know, I'm sure it's not good stuff. Uh, Padlow with one hit and two RBIs. On the 26th, a 2-1 to one loss to the Angels. Player of the game, second baseman, Abraham Toro, accounting for the Mariners' only run uh, with a solo shot. Uh, before we get to the injury-related news, uh, and anything else that so it's the, the last game of both series was very interesting in two different ways on the 26th uh there there's some history here so when the mariners played the angels back here in seattle uh justin upton who used to play with the angels was hit in the head by one of the angels pitchers uh and was able to it was actually on the 17th i remember that that was my birthday i was there um and he was able to play in the next game pretty astonishingly with that being said uh, I think it was the the 25th game against the Angels that Eric Swanson threw a ball, lost control of it, and it got near Mike Trout, got near his head, but it didn't hit him. It didn't hit him. Remember that. It did not hit him. Uh, the next day, uh, it was going to be, I believe it was going to be like a bullpen day for the Angels. Their announced starter was Jose Suarez. Instead, uh, I think a rookie by the name of Andrew Wants starts the game as, a, as an opener for the Angels. And throws in the direction of Julio Rodriguez, and I believe he hit him. Uh, so that happens. Uh, later on in the second inning, Wants hits Jesse Winker. Winker gets hit, does not like it. Uh, skirmish breaks out. Uh, so you might potentially, there's a whole fight, there's a whole video of it. Uh, there were actual punches thrown. I know that when these benches clearing brawls happen, there's not necessarily any real punches thrown. There were real punches thrown. So you might be looking at suspensions uh for scott service because anytime the bench is clear really the manager is given some sort of penalty uh scott service jp crawford uh julio Rodriguez, jesse winker i know those four were ejected from that game at least on the mariner side of things uh there was a lot that happened in that 
Uh, I believe one of the Angels relievers took a giant box of sunflower seeds and threw it onto the field for no reason. There was no one on the field at the time, and he just threw it onto the field. There was, there was a lot going on. A Mariners fan ordered a pizza from a uh, pizzeria in Anaheim and sent it to the Mariners clubhouse so that Winker could have it, and he got it. That was a whole big thing on Twitter. Uh, the the 26th was a very eventful game. So getting into the more serious aspect of things, when we might hear about these suspensions, I'm sure we'll hear about these uh, at some point later today, perhaps, uh, or maybe even tomorrow. Expect to see several of the Mariners players appeal these just because of the way that things have gone. But considering the trout was thrown near the night before, uh, and there was the thing with Upton in the last series, the umpire crew should have been aware of how things went. Uh, with Julio being hit earlier, there was just a lot of things that went into it where a lot of baseball, uh, the fan base as a whole, was really upset with the way that the Angels took things. So it, it makes the Angels series going forward a little bit more exciting. So uh, we'll look over here to Player of the Week, who, funny enough, uh, oh, also in the in that 26 game, Jesse Winker flipped the double bird uh, to the Angels faithful at Angel Stadium as he was leaving the field. My, And it's not for that. It's not for any of the fight-related stuff. My Player of the Week is Jesse Winker. Uh, Winker had a great week. He, he went uh, 9 for 18 in his plate appearances, uh, really had a solid series against the Athletics, uh, you can just look at the stats on your screen there, had a really solid past week, and you'd love to see him be able to continue that, but this I, this suspension might you know throw him off. If you're in a rhythm, you want to keep doing things, right? You don't want to take a break necessarily, and that, what, that might be an issue that Winker runs into here. So it, it's kind of funny that there was a fight, but he had a great week, so he's my player of the week. There's no other story behind it. Do I like that there's some some fight and knowing that there's some uh, character in these Mariners. Yes, I do. I like knowing that. Uh, but it, it, it was really cool to see. And Winker, I would love for him to keep up that form because it, it, we need that, that offensive presence that he can bring the all-star level that he had last year. I'm not saying this past week was that. To see any semblance of that would be huge for this offense. Um, but yeah, we don't have any news on suspensions as of this moment, uh, as we are a little bit earlier afternoon on monday um but we'll be sure to keep you updated on that uh as that progresses in terms of injury related news uh, on the 23rd in that oakland series ty france was injured making a play at first base uh, a collision between france and an oakland base runner sees ty's left arm get bent back uh ty's early x-ray came back negative uh he was said to have an mri so that was a good sign initially that there was nothing broken uh, we'll get to that here in a second. Uh, also, in injury-related news, on the 23rd, it was announced that catcher Tom Murphy is out for the year with season-ending shoulder surgery. Shoulder surgery. Uh, he exhausted every possible option trying to, you know, get that shoulder back, trying to really get it back into baseball form, but really had no other option outside of surgery, considering uh, all of the circumstances. Uh, so that really sucks to lose uh, Murphy. He was a guy that I have to admit I. Going into the season, I would have liked to add a catcher. I would have liked to see Cal Raleigh really find his form, which he is, funny enough. But not. But l losing Murphy is a big deal because he had been hitting the ball well 
and he had just been a really good asset to this team to begin the year. So that sucks, and hoping Tom the best in his recovery uh, and hoping to see him back sooner rather than later. On the 25th, the same goes for Ty here. We got an injury update on Ty. He has a grade two flexor strain in his left forearm. He's on the 10-day IL now, retroactive to the 24th, I believe, uh, but it said that he's feeling better. Someone put a timeline out there of 22 to 28 ga- uh, days. Pardon me, not games, days. So we'll see how that goes because losing Ty for even 10 days, even a few days, is a detriment to this team and really hurts them. Uh, so we'll just keep an eye on that and we'll see how that moves, but that definitely really sucks for this ball club. Uh, moving over here to team-related news and roster moves. Before we get to that trade that I mentioned, we have some roster moves that took place over the past week. On the 20th, right-handed pitcher Ken Giles was reinstated from the 60-day injured list, so Giles is finally uh, with the Mariners and has made his debut. Uh, infielder Kevin Padlow was recalled from AAA Tacoma. Uh, left-handed pitcher Rowenis, Elias, and right-handed pitcher Sergio Roma were both designated for assignment. So I believe there was a cutoff uh, for the teams to get down to 13 pitchers and 13 cat, uh, uh, position group players, and they have done that now. So it sucks to see both Elias and Romo DFA'd, uh, but Rome, uh, Elias at least joins the club back later. On the 22nd, uh, right-handed pitcher Joey Gerber uh, was released from the roster. He had been DFA'd uh, prior. And then right-handed pitcher Sergio Romo was also released from the roster. It does suck to lose Romo. He's a great veteran presence to have, and he had been pitching relatively well to begin the season. But in his last few outings, he had just really struggled. Uh, playing against Mike Trout will also do that to you, uh, but it just was an unfortunate unfortunate circumstances there. On the 23rd, Rowanis Elias was outrighted to AAA Tacoma following his designated designation for assignment. So Elias was essentially sent out to be a free agent, uh, and he re- elected to return to the club. So that's really cool to see, and I would imagine that we see Elias back with the Mariners at the big league level at some point this season. Uh, on the 25th, Drew Ellis, an infielder, was recalled from AAA Tacoma. He was involved with a trade last week. And then on the 27th, that trade that I was talking about uh, the team acquired first baseman slash designated hitter Carlos Santana from the Kansas City Royals, uh, which is funny because Santana has actually had a stint with Seattle before, but they elected not to keep him. Uh, the Mariners received first baseman slash designated hitter Carlos Santana, and the Royals received right-handed pitchers Wyatt Mills and William Fleming. So if you look at Santana's stats on the year, it's nothing too incredible. I believe he's batting 216 with some solid OPS. With that being said, his numbers in the month of June are much, much better. He's playing on a tear right now. He was for the Royals, now comes to the Mariners at a pretty opportune time. How long this has been brewing, I don't know, because obviously with the injury to tie, having Santana is really impactful, and he can come in and impact that. But... uh Obviously, now he can step into that sort of thing. With that being said, uh, he doesn't strike out very much. He walks a lot. So this is going to be, and you know, if he keeps up his June form, this will be really great for this offense to score more runs. So with the way that the season has gone, it is interesting to see the Mariners in this sort of buy now mode. Uh, but I'm excited to see what Santana can bring because it's certainly better than some of the guys that we have on this ball club currently. We'll move over to league-related notes, notes, notes here as we wrap up the Mariners section. On the 24th, Aaron Judge and the Yankees settled arbitration at $19 million this year. So the Yankees slugger and the organization avoid arbitration. 
you can earn 25k uh, in bonuses for winning the MVP award or the and or the World Series award, uh, World Series MVP award. Uh, he still becomes a free agent at the end of the season, so it'll be really interesting to see if the Yankees and Judge are able to come up with some number for him to sign this upcoming offseason or if he ends up somewhere else. As long as he ends up in the National League, I'm okay with that. Uh, and as long as it's not the Yankees. On the 25th, keeping up with the Yankees in the news, the Astros no-hit the Yankees. Uh, so Christian Javier, Hector Neris, and Ryan Presley all combined for a no-hitter of the Yankees. The Astros become the first team to no-hit the Yankees uh, since 2003. That's that's a long time. Uh, so that's pretty cool to see, and especially considering the fact that the Yankees got no hit. So we look ahead for the Mariners in their upcoming series here. They return home to T-Mobile Park tonight, starting a three-game series against the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, June 27th versus the Orioles is a 7-10 start. June 28th versus the Orioles is a uh, also a 7-10 start. And then June 29th versus the Orioles is a Wednesday matinee game. That is a 1-10 start. Then they play a four-game series against the Oakland Athletics to wrap up the homestand June 30th versus the Athletics and June uh, July 30 uh, July 1st, pardon me, are both 7-10 starts. And then July 2nd and 3rd are both uh, 1-10 p.m. starts. So the Mariners uh, have a great opportunity against two relatively struggling ball clubs to find themselves at 500, hopefully, if they can have a successful homestand by the All-Star break. So... With that being said, we look over to our Storm here, who had been on a solid run this past week, and I would say from their road trip, they went five and one on the uh, four and one. Pardon me, on their road trip, they come back to Seattle to start a string of games at home, uh, and it was a mixed bag this past week. It was a mixed bag. Uh, on the twenty third versus the Washington Mystics, the Storm would win eighty five to seventy one, playing a really talented roster. Seattle was able to get things going. Play of the game guard, Jewel Lloyd, going 22 points, three assists, three rebounds, and a 25 plus minus. So Jewel not only adding 22 points, but having a great impact defensively as well. <coughs> and then on the 25th versus the Sparks, the Sparks are a struggling team. So coming off of a big, pretty solid win against the Mystics, a team that has versatility at their one through five positions. Uh, you'd think that they would take care of a struggling team like the Sparks. On the 25th, they lost that game, as you can see, 85-77. to 77. Uh, Play of the game forward, Brianna Stewart. So Stewie still poured in 28 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, and 2 blocks. But overall, this was a tough game for Seattle. They came out, and they looked like the Seattle Storm that I had seen for years. <coughs> Great three-point shooting, running in transition, pushing the pace, playing great defense, all of that in the first quarter. And then for the rest of the game, kind of couldn't find their shot. Coach Quinn said there was bad shot selection in the fourth quarter. Uh, so that was uh, that was a disappointing one to see for this Storm team, especially considering that one in Subar's final season, but also the fact that you want to go into the All-Star break, hopefully in good form. And <clears throat> it's better that this loss is now as opposed to later in the season, because you want to find your form later in the season, obviously, and you want to be that team that goes into the postseason hot. So frustrating for sure, but better that that happened now as opposed to later on. In terms of injury-related news, we only have injury reports for you uh, for those two games. For both matches, the 
one against the Mystics and the one against the Sparks. Uh, Mercedes Russell is still out. Uh, she has returned to on-court activities, um, but they don't have a set timeline for her to return to the actual team for games per se. But she has returned to on-court activities, and I believe they're going to check in again this upcoming week. In team-related notes, uh, remember Lauren Jackson? Uh, on the 22nd, Jackson uh, was announced to be joining the Australian national team. The Storm legend and Hall of Famer is set to rejoin the Australian national team at the age of 41 in a bid for another world championship medal. So that's really cool to see uh, Lauren Jackson still doing things in the basketball world. I know that it was kind of a surprise uh, to many that she was going to be playing pro ball once again uh, when that was announced a few months ago. But to see her at the national level now is pretty impressive. Uh, on the 23rd, <coughs> it was announced that in addition to them being, uh, to Stewie being announced as an all-star starter, both Sue Bird and Brianna Stewart were named All-Star Game co-captains. They will join uh, Las Vegas's Asia Wilson and Minnesota's Sil uh, Sylvia Fowles as co-captains uh, co of the WNBA All-Star Game uh, upcoming in the next few weeks. And then on the 25th, this one is a little bit interesting. Uh, on the 25th, it was announced that the Storm are rumored to sign Tina Charles. <coughs> Pardon me. So this was a move that, before we get into it, this was a move that I was hoping that the Storm would make this up, this past offseason because, well, one, Charles rebounds really well, and that's something that Seattle needed and still needs as a parent this past, game, uh, past season so far that they've been playing. But one, she's a big that can stretch the floor. So you get a stretch five, and it helps for a team that shoots a bunch of threes anyway. See my point. Uh the Mercury and Charles came to what they announced officially as a contract divorce, which I've never seen before in my life. Uh, <clears throat> when Charles made it apparent that she did not see herself winning a title in Phoenix and she wanted to go somewhere where she could do that. So the eight-time All-Star is expected to join Seattle once she has cleared waivers, which she has. Uh, the Mercury bought out her contract as I mentioned, because they did not think that she could win a title. There's nothing official on this as of this current moment. We are on the 27th. That was announced a few days ago, the day of the Sparks game. Uh, Percy Allen with the Seattle Times asked Noelle Quinn about this, if she had any news to report, if she had any conversations with Tina. And of course, she was mum about it. But that would be really big for Seattle, especially considering the fact that with these recurring headaches, it's unsure currently. Uh, if Charles will be able, uh, if Mercedes Russell will be able to be consistently there with the team. This is big news, but at the moment, it's still just a rumor. So uh, we head over to League Grenada Newts. We have uh, some updates on Brittany Griner and her situation as this situation continues. Uh, on the 23rd, calls grow for Gr uh, Griner's release. Nearly 50 civil uh, and human rights organizations have sent a letter to President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris uh, to bring Brittany Griner home. <coughs> and then on the 27th, Griner trial is set for July 1st, so we finally have some idea of when that trial will be set. Russian court sets that start date for the trial of Griner uh, after February arrest back uh, on cannabis possession charges. It's good to know that there's an actual trial set for this, but this is still pretty upsetting because obviously a trial is some sort of step uh, in a timeline, but it's also the fact that there even needs to be a trial. 
it, it's it's a really concerning situation and it's still fluid, uh, but we're continuing to keep you updated on that and continuing to monitor that situation as it continues. So uh, the storm record now sits at 11 and seven. Their upcoming week doesn't get much easier uh, as they sit at second in the Western Conference and now third in the Western Conference in the Commissioner's Cup standings. At home, they play two more games this upcoming week, June 29th versus the Aces, the number one team in the league, let alone the Western Conference. Excuse me, that is a seven o'clock start here at Climate Pledge Arena. And then July 1st versus the Indiana Fever is a 7 o'clock here at Climate Pledge Arena as well. Uh, on Sunday, the 3rd of the July, uh, the Storm will travel to Atlanta to play the Dream with a noon start time. So if you look at that, obviously, the uh, the Las Vegas matchup is pretty intimidating. Las Vegas is a great roster. I believe they have five or six players, actually, who average double-digit points. And that's pretty ideal. And they have Becky Hammond coaching them. So... Las Vegas has the things pretty well set up for them. <coughs> As we head over to our Sounders-related news, uh, the Sounders played only one match over the past season, and past season, past week, uh, against Sporting Kansas City, and it was a pretty good one. Uh, on the 25th, the Sounders defeated the uh, Sporting Kansas City 3 to nothing. Uh, two players of the game here for Jordan Morris had a goal and assist, two big chances created, and an 8.7 match rating. At midfielder, Christian Roldan takes home player of the game number two with a goal and an assist as well. Three chances created as well as an 8.7 match rating similar to Morris. This was a game where I, I believe I talked about it last week. Uh, Sporting's Tim Melia did the rock bottom on Christian Roldan. So kind of uh, satisfying to see him get the goal and the assist there. Uh, and just the fact that Sporting has had Seattle's number in re uh, recent years. So it was good to have a nice three to nothing victory over them uh, on the ABC stage on national television. So that was uh, that was a nice match for Seattle. Um, and then we get to the not so nice stuff uh, with injury related news. Uh, on June 25th, it was announced that Obed Vargas, the young midfielder who has done a lot of great work for Seattle this season, has come and impressed a lot of folks. Uh, has a lower back injury, and that will take him out for a decent amount of time. There's no necessary time limit for that at the moment, uh, but lower back injury, anything related to the back is serious business. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. We'll continue to learn about timelines and such, uh, but hopefully Obed gets better much sooner rather than later, uh, and we can see him in the rave green um, hopefully later on this upcoming season, but we don't have any actual timeline on that. Uh, the rest of the injury report uh, against Sporting KC, in addition to Vargas, uh, Javier Arriaga and Raul Ruiz Diaz were out with a left hamstring strain. Uh, both of them had that hamstring strain in their left leg, uh, so they were both out against Sporting. And then Josh Atencio was out with health and safety protocols, and head coach Brian Schmetzer said that he will be out for a while, uh, but Atencio was at Sounders training today, uh, so... It could be an indication, but I doubt we see him by Wednesday, uh, Seattle's next match. Some injury updates that we got today. Uh, so no new injuries, thankfully. Uh, everyone that played on Saturday in that match against Sporting should be good to go uh, for Wednesday. Ariaga and Rui Diaz are out and unlikely for Toronto, which is another match that Seattle will play soon. But Schmetzer does expect to see both of those guys back uh, for Seattle's July 9th match against Portland. In team-related notes, we have a couple things here. A trade, which is kind of funny. 
<coughs> considering that the Sounders don't make that many trades, at least not in too many recent years. Uh, on the 22nd, the Sounders traded a hundred uh, a 2022 international roster slot to Atlanta United for $175,000 in 2023 general allocation money. Uh, so just relating to the rain and what I said, I believe it was last week, any time that a team uh, acquires allocation money in the near future, expect there to be a move made. Am I expecting one to be made this year with Seattle? Not necessarily, simply because this is 2023 general allocation money, but I wouldn't be surprised if something happens. So keep that on a back burner if you may. Uh, on the 27th, it was announced that Christian Roldan was named to the MLS Team of the Week for his performance, and Jordan Morris was named as an honorable mention. So congratulations to those two. Uh, on the league note side of things, a fire caused an MLS match to be postponed. Uh, the California Classico between the Galaxy and the San Jose Earthquakes uh, was rescheduled to September because of a power outage caused by a brush fire. <coughs> so that's unfortunate for that. Uh, I'm hoping that fire season isn't too bad down in California. Keeping with California-related news in the MLS, on the 25th, it was announced that LAFC has signed Gareth Bale. That is a relatively big deal. Uh, Bale is set to become a free agent after his contract with Real Madrid ends this month. Uh, and it adds more to LAFC. LAFC has also signed Chiellini uh, to a deal to join them. Uh, so it's a lot of talent for LAFC that already had a lot of talent. Carlos Vea, I believe, re-signed as well. So they're keeping a, someone that won an MVP a few years ago. Gareth Bale has incredible talent. If you know soccer at the international stage, uh, the uh, other uh, across the pond stage, you know how good Gareth Bale is. Uh, I get that he's not in his prime, but this is still an incredible addition for LAFC. And considering that they're in the Western Conference, it's something to keep an eye on for our Sounders. So with that being said, we look ahead for their next few matches uh, at a seven-win, six uh, lost two draw record. They are seventh in the Western Conference. Uh, they played June 29th versus uh, Montreal at a seven o'clock start. Montreal is a good club. They're near, I believe they're in playoff position in the Eastern Conference. And then heading up to Toronto on the 2nd of July to play Toronto FC with a 4.30 start to play the club that you face in two MLS Cups. Uh, it's, it's an important week to play a couple Canadian teams as well as to continue things going into this summer when Seattle typically finds their form. Uh, we head over to Kraken-related news, and there's nothing actual Kraken-related. We're just league news again uh, for Seattle as we continue the draft. It kind of seems like it's going to be that way until we get to next week when we'll talk about our potential picks at the number four spot for Seattle in the NHL entry draft. So in league-related news, uh, Hockey Canada's funding has been frozen. The Canadian government has taken this step until the organization better equips itself to handle sexual assault and abuse allegations. Uh, also on the 22nd, Dallas, the Dallas Stars hired DeBoer. The Stars named Peter DeBoer as their new head coach, spending his past three seasons with the Las Vegas Golden Knights, as well as taking the New Jersey Devils and San Jose Sharks to the Stanley Cup Final. So uh, I think we talked about it a few weeks ago, but the NHL continues to be a, a musical chairs game of head coaching jobs. They just keep going in a loop. Uh, on the 23rd, the Florida Panthers hired Morris. The Panthers named Paul Morris as their new head coach, spending nine seasons with the Jets, 
having the seventh most wins in NHL history. Uh, on the 24th, Chicago is looking to hire Luke Richardson. Richardson is reportedly expected to join Chicago and become their new head coach, having spent the last four seasons with the Montreal Canadiens as the, an assistant. And then I know I just talked about the sort of coaching musical chairs, but Barry Trotz will not be a part of that. Trotz is taking some time off. The recently fired Islanders head coach is reportedly passing on the Winnipeg, Winnipeg Jets head coaching gig uh, in order to spend more time with his family. So best of luck to Trotz uh, in, I guess, his sort of brief retirement for the moment. So with that being said, again, we do not have anything Kraken-related, but things are coming up for Seattle, so expect to see it in the next episode that we see you uh, as the NHL draft. The first round of it starts on July 7th. The rest of it takes place on July 8th. And then things start to ramp up when free agency begins on July 13th. We head over to rain-related news here. And since they are in a sort of international break as well, not too much going on here. But we do have a couple of key points for you uh, in from the rain camp. On June 27th, Tobin Heath joined the rain for training officially. So uh, with her and Kim Little, it had been kind of a waiting game to see when those two may join the club. We know that Jordan Haitama won't join necessarily for uh, about a month uh, as she is with Team Canada. But Heath was with the Rain for training today. Uh, I know that she had been, there was some concerns with her as she had been coming from Arsenal and she suffered an injury when she was with Arsenal. But she participated in the full training today, uh, just talked about getting back into soccer shape and said that she felt great. So that's a good sign there. Uh, and then also today on the 27th, the team announced the transfer of Zani Kajan. So the Reigns' eighth overall pick, the first round of this pack, past NWSL draft, they transferred to ACF Fiorentia. Uh, this was done for an agreed-upon transfer fee that the league doesn't announce. Uh, head coach Laura Harvey had this to say about Kajan. Uh, Zani is someone we believe has a bright future, and for her to fulfill her potential, we felt it was the right decision to get her to a European club where she can play games as Kajan has not appeared in an NWSL regular season game with the rain. Uh, we will be following Zani's journey at Fiorentina and looking forward to her smashing it out there in Italy. So interesting to see that. I know that the pick of Kajan was one that's uh, got a lot of uh, eyeballs on it when that pick was announced for the rain. Uh, and that was something that I had actually thought about uh, with the news of Heath, with Little, with Haitama uh, coming to us these past few weeks that I was like, someone's going to probably go on loan and it's probably going to be one of the players that's younger. And if they're not getting playing time, it's more than likely going to be them. And Kajan fit all of those boxes. So best of luck to you, Zani, uh, over in Italy. And hopefully we see you again at some point later on in your career. So with that being said, the Reign do have a match this upcoming Friday uh, against the North Carolina Courage, who find themselves at the bottom of the NWSL table, which is kind of odd considering that if you look at the NWSL, the Courage are one of the benchmarks for success. The Reign sit at a three-win, uh, two-loss, four-draw record at fourth in the NWSL table. Uh, their next matchup is July 1st versus the North Carolina Courage with a 7 o'clock start time. Uh, that is here at Lumen Field. So that could be the first time that we see uh, Tobin Heath with the Reign. Uh, but considering that she just joined training today, I wouldn't expect to see her for a large amount of the game itself. <coughs> we move over to our Seawolves here. 
who had made it all the way to the MLR title match, an incredible season that about a month ago we thought was over. Uh, unfortunately, it does officially end. It ended here either way, but it doesn't end on the way that they wanted it to or any of us wanted it to uh, with a loss to Rugby New York. July 25th in that MLR title match, the Seawolves lost 30-15. to 15. Uh, So Seattle Falls in the MLR title match, it's their first playoff loss in franchise history. Uh, it's a tough one. You know, this is a team that, as I mentioned, they were playing on house money. They had nothing to lose necessarily, considering the fact that they had essentially been gifted a playoff spot. Um, but it is tough. You know, I think any time that, regardless of the circumstances, any time you lose in a title game, it's going to be tough for you. So uh, I just congratulations to the Seawolves. We will have a season in review for you next week, uh, but just just tough. Um, so, and I'm sure with what you were able to build this past season, Seattle will be back. Seattle will be back. They're one of the most successful franchises in Major League Rugby in the whole as a whole. Um, they'll be back. I, you know, so it's really tough. Ooh, excuse me. It was tough to look at it like this and to to have them lose. I mean, Rugby New York was deserving. You see the score uh, that thirty to fifteen. Uh, they really played their heart out. They did a great job and they they earned that title. Uh, but it's it's tough. So we will have a season interview for you uh, this upcoming week. Uh, we do have a small tidbit in injury-related news. Duncan Matthews missed the MLR title match uh, with an injury that was announced. So that sucks to not have Duncan. But the Seawolves finish with an 11-8 and record overall. And we will have a season in review for you this upcoming week. We head to Seattle Star of the Week. I would say Stars of the Week, but I'm just by myself today. Uh, this past week, I went with Jordan Morris as my Seattle Star of the Week. Uh, I thought that Jordan, you know, the Mercer Island kid, a guy that's fighting for his spot on the U.S. men's national team to be with the team uh, when they had the Qatar for the excuse me World Cup later this year. Uh, he's ever since it's been sort of uh, looked. Uh, there's a lot of fans in the U.S. men's national team fan base that don't necessarily want to see MLS players, let alone Sounders players. Uh, Sounders fans are often called insufferable due to all the success they've had. Uh, Morris, in his last, one of the uh, ticks on him by a, a certain member of the media was that he couldn't score header goals. And his fat past four goals, uh, including one with the men's national team, have all been headers, which is kind of funny. Uh, so Morris, I, I really would love to see him on the men's national team and obviously would continue to cover that when that ha- takes place. Uh, but I think him and Rodon, Christian Rodon, have done nothing but prove themselves, obviously, in league's play. Uh, but obviously, Jordan, you know, with that last game uh, that the men's national team played in the header uh, in at stoppage that he got to tie things up, I think these guys are making great cases. So I would love to see them on the men's national team. Uh, and that's my pick for the week, for start of the week for uh, this, what, last week of June. So with that being said... This has been June 27th in Circling Seattle Sports on Converge Media. Uh, hoping to have Bell back with us next week. Another big week for things here in Seattle. Uh, the Seawolf season ends, which is unfortunate. The Kraken will start to prepare for their fourth overall pick in the NHL draft. The Rain will have a game this upcoming week, and we'll hope to see Tobin Heath in that one. The Sounders will be back in action uh, for two matches, one at home, one on the road. The Storm will have some tough tests ahead of them in a three-game week. The Mariners have a, I'd say, a very important homestand ahead of them that we'll be at uh, this upcoming week as well. And the Seahawks were getting closer and closer to training camp. So with that being said, 
We look forward to see, hey, if you want to follow us on social media, we are very active on that. We keep you up to date with the news right as we get it. Uh, and obviously, we like to recap everything on these episodes, but you can get it a little bit faster if you follow us over. Oh, I'm going the wrong way. Uh, on social media. With that being said, a big thank you as always to Salman behind the camera. I, all these, I was looking at the, the camera quality earlier. It's incredible to see myself like that on the camera. So uh, thank you to everyone behind the camera. Until we see you next time, take care of yourself, be well, and do what you can to make today a great day. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.